Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Clearly, Megan didn't want to be in the public eye um, that particular day for whatever reason and was focusing clearly more on, the, on what people were doing looking at her than she was on her friend's tennis match. They're not treating a very considered line between their public responsibility and their private lives. I think there's very little chance that we will be talking about a King Charles while there is still a Queen Elizabeth alive. Hi there, and welcome to New Idea Royals. It's the only podcast that reveals what really goes on behind palace doors. I'm Zoe Burrell, and today we will be talking all about the recent backlash against Meghan, Kate's new superpower and speculation that the Queen is going to give up her crown. Joining us today to share her amazing knowledge is royal expert and commentator Angela Mullard. Hi, Zoe. It's real juicy stuff today. (laughs) Isn't it just always great news? And uh, Meghan is facing backlash at the moment over her visit to Wimbledon, which is very shocking. Can you run Mm. us through what happened there? Yes, so she went to Wimbledon with two of her friends, two Americans um, who were here presumably for the christening of baby Archie. They went to watch Serena Williams playing a match. They were on court one, which is obviously one of the major massive capacity. 12,000 people watched this. But what happened is that a um, protection officer went and spoke to members of the public and said that they were not to take photos of Meghan. Now, one of the people they spoke to was actually a a former BBC star called Sally Jones. And Sally Jones has come out and said that this is childish, it's control freakish, and that Wimbledon's a public place. It's, you know, a massive capacity, TV cameras everywhere. And what's she thinking, trying to um, get her bodyguard to stop people taking pictures of her? And um, look, you know, someone of her, Sally Jones's seniority and um, gravitas coming out and having a go at Meghan doesn't look good uh, for the for the royal family. And what the palace has done in response is said, actually, um, you know, no, 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 the only reason is because we're asked people not to take pictures so that the, the royals can engage with people in events rather than their camera phones. But that's clearly not the case. Clearly, Megan didn't want to be in the public eye um, that particular day for whatever reason and was focusing clearly more on the um, on what people were doing looking at her than she was on her friend's tennis match. So um, an interesting one. It doesn't look good. It's not a good look. It's it, You know, the, apparently the Royal Protection Officer was uh, quite embarrassed um, having to actually go and tell people to do this because, of course, they were taking pictures of the game and not Megan. In fact, Sally Jones said she didn't even realise Megan was there until it was pointed out to her. So very interesting. Isn't it just? And I think I read a funny story this morning too that one of the men was just taking a selfie of himself. Absolutely right, Zoe. And you can see it. I mean, the pictures of him show him taking the selfie and you can see on his phone screen that it's turned towards him. So you see his face and then the the, um, tennis court behind him. So the presumption that he was taking pictures of, of, of Megan is very high and mighty. The other point is she was actually a celebrity before she married Harry. So every time she stepped out, she would have been photographed 
anyway. So it's not like she suddenly um, can demand privacy. She's had years and years of being uh, known as a public figure um, or, or not a public figure but a celebrity. So it's it's sort of come out of nowhere. She, it's almost like she really wants to control things. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to bode well if, if she continues. And I think her PR team need to have a have a big sit down and and think about the direction they want to go in. Yes, don't they? And this criticism also comes off the back of some more backlash she's had surrounding Archie's christening. What's your take on that? Yeah, so there was a lot of talk about the christening. Were we going to get pictures? You know, obviously the the godparents' names weren't released, uh, unlike the Cambridges' uh, christenings of their three children where nobody actually sees the inside of the christening service but we do see people coming and going with charlotte's um uh, christening up at sandringham we saw her, the, the royal family walking along to church that they were joyous they engaged with the public there was none of this with uh megan and harry and the fact is i think they're getting the pr game wrong i think to announce that you're not going to engage with the public but then you're going to release a couple of pictures and it might not be for a while afterwards but then you do go and release a couple of pictures and they're actually really lovely the pictures uh the family picture with camilla and charles kate and william and then of course diana's two sisters along with the very intimate black and white picture, which is actually um, is actually got a, a special name for the pose that was used in that picture. It's called a bundle of love pose, which is when a couple turns into each other and their child um, is sort of um, ensconced within them rather than the three of them presenting themselves to the camera. You know, those pictures were great, but there was so much pre-press almost saying you're not going to get anything and then people got their backs up we didn't get the godparents names and it was just this that they're not treading a very considered line between their public responsibility and their private lives obviously they want Archie to be a private citizen. He doesn't have a title. He's not a prince or a lord. He is just Master Archie Mountbatten Windsor. So they clearly want him to have a private life, but there is a public expectation that there is going to be some sharing of their lives, particularly because it came on the back of a full-scale renovation of Frogmore Cottage at the taxpayer's expense. So if you're going to spend sort of $4 million doing up your house, then you actually there's almost like a quid pro quo in it in that you deserve to give the public um, and that's in Australian dollars obviously you do need to give the public um, particularly the British public you know a snapshot of your life but they seem to create drama around a situation that I don't think needs to have drama and I think as I say I think they need to go to back to the drawing board on the whole PR approach and just think about uh, just not foreshadowing it so much, not telling us what we're going to get or what we're not going to get, but actually just just doing it and being fairly – it just gives too much room for criticism uh, before the events even happened. Oh, I completely agree with you there, Ange. But mm. going back to those photos, we know that the standout in the family photo was actually Kate, wasn't it? She looked great. I think she was. Look, and the reason being – she had an absolutely knockout genuine smile. Uh, she was wearing a fabulous outfit. She was wearing a pink Stella McCartney dress that she'd worn before uh, multiple times, in fact, to a Christmas party uh, late last year. Uh, she had paired it with a beautiful red hairband um, and red real kind of sex in the city style stilettos that were, you know, she looked real, really va-va-vum. And um, I think, 
you know, there was that. It's it's a really bold move. Pink and red is a is a is a a woman who's arrived kind of outfit, I think. And what that's led is is to some sort of examination of Kate and her as a fashion leader. Now, in the past, we've kind of thought of her as more dutiful, more obliging, um, always beautifully dressed, but nothing that would, um, you know, uh, be a standout or would sort of knock you off, knock someone else off the cover of Vogue. But she's just really quietly sort of got what I think is this new superpower, which is this real fashion um, sort of gravitas and and knowledge and power. And I think it's come about for a really interesting reason. Her long-standing stylist, Natasha Archer, who's really great, very, very good, is on maternity leave. And she's apparently, uh, Kate, has spoken to an old school, uh, old university friend, um, Jenny Chadwick-Healy. Now, Jenny and she were at uh, St. Andrews University together. She's a former Vogue editor, and she's just bringing a bit more edge to Kate's look. So, for instance, the Gucci silk blouse that, in fact, instead of being buttoned down the back as it's supposed to be worn, Kate had it buttoned down the front with wide leg pants. We've seen her in the lovely wedges and the um, and the really lovely floaty floral dresses. The two black and white outfits, one that she wore for the Order of the Garter and one at Wimbledon, were just knock it out of the park. They were just so crisp and assured. And um, I mean, she just wore them with with such sort of ownership as well. I mean, we've always seen Kate sort of slightly hunched shoulders, um, bending down. She's kind of got her shoulders back. She's got this hugely authentic smile. I mean, on the Trooping the Colour, the balcony um, uh, that day, I mean, her her smile was just a light bulb. So I think she's feeling very assured. She's three babies down. She knows her place. There's her and William are obviously incredibly um, team Cambridge. And I think I think it's showing. Isn't it just, I mean, I've always been a fan of Kate's fashion from day one, but you definitely can notice that she's up the ante a bit. She has, has a cheek. And I don't think it's in response to Megan. I think it's just her age. She's more confident. You know, she's, um, yeah, she just looks like she's owning it. And of course, we have to move on to little baby Archie. He's only two months old, but he's already setting records, isn't he? He is. So what's happened is that the name Archie is the most popular name in the America, um, according to Nameberry, which is a, a, a very uh, credible site in terms of gathering information on the popularity of names. They've done a half-yearly report and uh, while Archie has gathered in popularity over the last few years, it's now number one. So his name, and in just a couple of short months, he has got that um, got that number one position. Interestingly, the number one girl's name is Isla, which I know was being bandied about as a potential girl's name for Meghan and Harry. But um, look, I think if you had an Archie that you'd called Archie sort of ten years ago, you'd be groaning, wouldn't you? Because now there's all these other Archies coming through. So. Um, you know, I think those teachers at school are going to have to be looking at uh, lots of name tags for the various Archies in their classrooms going forward. <laughs> Aren't they just? I think it's such a sweet name, though. Yeah, it is. A, it is an adorable name, and I and I like the fact that it's a little bit less regal and pompous than some of the others. But you know, it's very much what I would expect from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They like to do things their own way and a little bit different, but Mm. we love them for it. (laughs) We do. (laughs) And, of course, speaking of doing things differently, Megan has plans to write a book, but apparently they've been quashed by the royal family. What happened there? 
Well, look, this hasn't been substantiated, but I do like it as a story. Uh, there has been rumours that she had full plans to write a sort of memoir slash manual, you know, a kind of lifestyle book, much in the um, in the vein of The Tig, which was her um, blog that she had before she met Harry. It was going to have a few little threads of motherhood and her life and Archie, and she was going to talk about health and fitness and well-being and um, having a purpose and all that sort of thing. I don't know how far along the track it got. She certainly apparently had been making notes for it, but um, the kibosh has been put on it once and for all that, uh, no, you do not write books. I mean, obviously, the royal family has a history with Diana um, being the source for the book, her true story. In fact, it turned out to be her true story because, of course, she had um, uh, been speaking to Andrew Morton all along. And I think that the the royal family are very careful about uh, what the royal family put their names to. I mean, even when Pippa Middleton did a sort of occasions book, it was much derided for being a bit facile and um and, you know, things like how to put up an umbrella and how to wear a hat. And um, there was a lot of backlash about it. And I don't think they would want Megan to do anything that could be similarly scorned. Exactly. I couldn't imagine them going for that idea at all. <laughs> yes, I know. Anyway, well, I don't think you're going to see Her Royal Highness, the Duchess of uh, Sussex on a book jacket anytime soon. And moving on now, I love this moment. The Queen... She planted a tree yesterday and she made a very sassy comment. What was it? She did, didn't she? So yeah. there was a tree ready to be planted. It was one of her charities. The organiser from the charity, as she stepped up to sort of grab the spade and, you know, shovel some earth into this new tree, he sort of, uh, clearly, you can't hear it, but he must have asked her, just, did she want help? Actually, you can just hear it. And then she says, no, I'm perfectly capable. And she picks up the spade and proceeds to dig this earth into uh, into the tree in this bright, hot pink outfit. I mean, the vision from behind is she just looks, you know, she's just a pink bomb and clearly at 93, perfectly capable of, as she says, and has told us of, of planting a tree. I love it. It's kind of like a, a slap across the face for anyone who would think that she needs patronizing. She clearly doesn't. She knows what she's doing and she's going to keep performing her tasks as she's always done until she absolutely can't. I loved it. I know it's absolutely amazing that she can still be so active and fit and planting trees at 93. <laughs> well, I think it's something she's really proud of, Zoe. I mean, she is a woman who, I mean, she she works very, very hard. And look, she's a poster girl for having a good life, a good life being one where you give back and there is there is purpose. We, we know with people aging that keeping your brain active and being physically active is, is a really important part of aging well. And I think she's, as I say, I think she's the poster woman for that. She's 93. Um, you know, she's, I mean, the time that must be required actually getting into those outfits and getting to events. And we know that she's reducing her number of events, but nevertheless, she she has a tremendous work ethic, doesn't she? Oh, she absolutely does. Although there has been some speculation recently that she could be considering standing down and giving up the crown. Well, is that really going to happen? 
Look, I don't think so. There's a speculation that at 95, which is just two years away, that she's going to um, give the role to Prince Charles and that he's going to take on those duties. Now, this can be done under the Regency Act, but the last time the Regency Act was employed was back in 1810 when George III had to pass on basically the, the baton or the crown to his son because as it was notated at the time, he was deranged. Now, <laughs> clearly, the Queen is anything but deranged. And I can't imagine her employing the Regency Act that hasn't been used for, you know, more than 200 years to do something that she doesn't really need to do. She has always said from the moment of her coronation that she will uh, be in service to her country, whether she has a long life or a short life. I think what's more likely to happen is there is going to be passing over of more tasks to Prince Charles. Um, they already meet once a week to discuss how they share the role. I think he will be more involved. Of course, he was. Um, he's now uh, involved in the state opening of parliament, which is a, is a major event each year. I think there will be a sort of trend, an increasingly uh, stepped up transition process where she does give him more of the roles, but she will always be the monarch until she dies, in my belief. I think there's no chance at all that she would abdicate. She is our longest reigning monarch ever. Um, obviously, she can still do it from uh, in title alone, even if Charles is doing the work for her. I think there's very little chance that we will be talking about a King Charles while there is still a Queen Elizabeth alive. I actually agree with you there. I don't think we'll see her stand down anytime soon. No, not at all. And good, because I wanted to keep going till she's 103. <laughs> don't we all? Finally, I just want to ask as well, there's a job going at Kensington Palace, which is very exciting. Now, who should apply for this? Well, anyone with organisational skills, because this is a diary coordinator position. I love this ad. They've put out this ad saying we need someone to coordinate diaries that you have to be really good at uh, at organization, at communication skills. But of course, also what you need to be is discreet and confidential. So this is for Kensington Palace. It's for Kate and William uh, and their various jobs. Obviously, they've stepped up their individual work. So Kate's going to more things as a standalone royal, uh, particularly as she's come off maternity leave from, from the birth of Prince Louis. And she's doing a lot in her own right. So they clearly need someone else in their team to dovetail the two diaries, then obviously to work those diaries with the Queen's diary, with Prince Charles's diary, because there's a lot of work there in organising who's doing what on any one day. As we saw recently when Harry was due to go to the Netherlands, but other members of the royal family, including Prince Charles, had engagements at the same time. And the, um, the, the, they presumed that what would happen is if the focus then went on Harry, then Charles's work would not get the publicity that it needed to get. So Harry's trip was cut to one day so that the focus could be on, on Charles's work. And um, so I think there's a lot more management of their diaries is required and hence why this job is going. But nothing in the ad says how much it's paid. Damn, that's just what we wanted to know, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't imagine it would be a lot, but um, but I think it would be. God, wouldn't it be an amazing job? I'd love to. I'd love a job like that, even even if you just did it for a couple of months. But of course, you wouldn't. But I mean, just just the insights and the and the gossip and the behind the scenes. Honestly, I mean, we should we should get a journalist in there and see uh, see what we could discover. But of course, we would have to sign a confidentiality agreement. So no no luck. <laughs> oh damn! So I can't put my application in then. <laughs> Sorry, Zoe. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Ange. My pleasure. 
And thank you to everyone for listening. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to pick up the first issue of the New Idea Royals monthly mag on sale today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.